Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the world. Coming at you on a Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Because we're putting out this episode for Mother's Day. It's an exploration of what makes a Jersey mom a Jersey mom. And it'll be full of nostalgia and joy and a whole lot of love. And I'll talk about that more in a second. First, we might have a little bit of a long intro because there's two other things I want to speak to. One is I ran into a very Jersey situation this week and and a lot of you helped out. And I wanted to thank you because I'm a member of the Writers Guild of America. And currently we are on strike as a union. And as part of that effort, we show up at film sets and we picket them in an effort to get them to not film. So that the people with all the money lose money and have to come talk to us because they don't want to talk to us. And I was very happy to do my part. I got an email late Wednesday night, said there was a film set at Columbia High School in Maplewood. And as you guys know, I grew up in West Orange. That's right next door. I said, if there's going to be a union action from my union in Essex County, there's no way I can miss that. Not with the amount of shit I talk on this show. So I went down there and I threw it up on Instagram that I was there and it started really small, just a handful of us grew throughout the day. We actually had a bunch of New Jersey as the world listeners stop by, come by and support and say hello, honk their horns. A few people even came out and marched. A guy named Lex from the auto workers union, he showed up, said, I'm here in solidarity. And it was cool. And then there was a, a brief stretch where it got intense. And I want to say this, most of it was very chill, very relaxed. Um, I noticed that the principal of the school kept coming out and getting very nervous and saying, you guys just can't make any noise. There's AP tests. And he said it enough times. And I personally was getting, and I finally, at one point he came out, he goes, you guys can't block this door. And we weren't blocking a door. We were marching up and down the sidewalk near a door because if we were marching near it, the teamsters wouldn't use it. And he said, like, you guys can't be blocking this door. I go, sir, respectfully, the problem here is that you rented your school out as a film set during AP tests. That's on you. Like you rented out your school as a film set while there's a union action taking place and making national news. Like you, you invited this. So you can't tell a union not to march on a sidewalk. And we weren't even being that noisy. Then there was one stretch where it did get noisy. Long story. It looked like another union was crossing the picket line. They weren't, but everybody freaked out. And there was about 20 minutes of yelling. And I'll tell you, my Instagram comments have been besieged by parents of children from Maplewood and South Orange. The parents of Columbia High School students, for some reason, found my Instagram posts about this union action. And a lot of them were posting, hey, your union shouldn't have messed with a school. And I just need to be clear, if you're out there and you're in Maplewood, South Orange, and your kids were affected, I first of all want to say, I'm so sorry that that happened. It's not what I want, not what the union wants kids to have their school day disrupted. But I would just point out, we show up, we picket film sets. If they did it on a Saturday, that's when we would have been there. If they did it at 4 p.m., that's when we would have been there. That school system decided to rent out their school to a film set for a shoot of American Horror Story while your kids were taking AP classes. They're out here trying to make money selling that school as a film location instead of letting it just be a place of learning for your kids. That's on the school. You need to get mad at the principal and the superintendent and the board of education who signed off on that, not on the union workers. I'm sorry. And I sincerely am sorry if your kids were had their day disrupted, all the people leaving comments. But if, if you happen to come across this, just know they shouldn't have been bringing in an entire film crew while your kids were trying to do their AP tests. That would have been a really bad money-grubbing decision under the best of circumstances, let alone when every film set in America right now is also a place of protest. It's on the school. Much love to you all, sincerely. I'm a parent too. I get it, but stop yelling at me in my comments. And I'll put this out here too. I looked at houses in Maplewood. You all are paying $23,000 a year in taxes already. Why are they renting out public schools during school hours as film sets? They need more money that bad? What are they, what are they already doing with your guys' 20 grand a year per house in that town? So get mad at them, not me. Okay. Another thing I wanted to put out there is we recently did an episode called What's the Saddest Place in New Jersey? It was the best. And the comment section over at patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world it's incredible. That comment session is always incredible. And this one in particular, there's, I mean, so many great comments of people pitching 
sad places. There's two I want to read um, that really, ju- I mean, so many that tugged at my heartstrings, but I want to say Kelly, our old friend Kelly, wrote, one of the saddest places I've personally experienced is the NJ Transit Training Facility in Newark at Ferry Street and Raymond Boulevard. Already a rough location, made worse during blisteringly hot summers. Not only did I have to go there to repeatedly watch videos of people getting hit by trains and electrocuted by high-tension wires, but it's across the street from the Halal Meats Slaughterhouse. All the smells and sounds of an active slaughterhouse that you would expect. Plus occasionally walking to my car at the wrong time and seeing workers dragging a goat carcass off the asphalt. Never forget, trains are silent killers. You won't hear or feel them approaching. That training stuck with me. At least, thank you, Kelly. I also want to thank Tobias for this one, which just got me in an existential way. Tobias said, My personal pick for this no longer exists, but good Lord, it used to devastate me. Up until the mid-90s, there was a storefront bus station in Red Bank across the street from the train station, a few doors down from the Walt Street Pub. I'd often wait there for the bus to go back to New York City when I was in college there, and it struck me as notable that a lot of the decor and items for sale had not been updated in many, many years. For instance, the comics rack had a copy of the circa 1987 Inhumans graphic novel for sale, which in retrospect I really should have bought. What made this the saddest place in New Jersey was a sign they had up, which had something to do with sheltering stray dogs and cats. Each... I'm so sorry, this part makes me laugh. Sheltering stray dogs and cats, and which featured an illustration of a very sad-looking dog and cat, each carrying a bindle, walking through the woods. This would always be up, and it would always break my heart whenever I looked at it. Good Lord, typing this is bringing back all kinds of feelings. I mean, I cannot tell you guys how sickeningly happy these comments made me. And thank you all for leaving them and to everybody else who left such fantastic suggestions. Now, this intro's gone on long enough. Once again, I want to say much love to the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. This was a nice, simple chat where we thought about moms are out there doing a great job all over this world. But does it mean something specific to be a Jersey mom? Are there qualities that Jersey moms bring with them that maybe are unique to this place? Are there, are there standards that are set for being a Jersey mom that we saw in action growing up that we want to explore? It's a loose, loving episode full of funny stories. Made me think a lot about my mom and my wife, who's such a great mom, and all the other moms out there. Happy Mother's Day. Hi everybody, Chris Gather here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World where we talk all things New Jersey all the time from current events to nostalgia from the past to the food to the people to the politics to whatever this insane state throws at us. We do it all around here. Nikki Bonaduce, how you feeling tonight? Fantastico, friends. It's Tuesday. The sun is out. It's beautiful. It's actually turning into spring. So I'm pretty happy. Mike T, how are you feeling today? I, uh, I saw the ice cream man today for yes. the first time this season. So that's always a really good sign in New Jersey when you start to see the ice cream man around. That means summer is summer is on the way, almost here. It's a beautiful thing. Was he playing all the hits? <clears throat> he was playing one hit. Over and over again. I had my spring into summer moment today too, where I was walking around the neighborhood with Cal, and he saw a rabbit, Ooh. and he decided to just tear ass after this rabbit. Good, good instincts. And it went on for a solid minute, and I finally grabbed him. And, and you know, Cal was in like a toddler, just like deranged tizzy of a mindset. He was so excited that he'd seen the rabbit. And I had to explain to him. When that animal runs away, it's not playing a game. It's terrified. You're you're scaring that animal, Aww. and you have to calm down. Because, but I it was, I did have a moment where I was like, if he keeps chasing this rabbit, the rabbit will eventually turn around and just try to bite him or something. It's wild. Or it, maybe you're ruining his one and only chance to visit Wonderland. I'm just saying. Maybe <laughs> you could have blown that opportunity. Who knows? Who knows? But I think we're all in agreement. Spring is upon us. Summer is rearing its head. It's in sight. Feeling good. It's going to be a great summer. Even if they did close down the Asbury Park Casino, which hopefully they reopen soon. I just went through there before they did that. It's crazy. You're lucky no girders fell on your head. Yeah, right? 
I mean, it's not like you need, I don't need to do your job, Nick. It's not like you need an engineering degree to look at that building and go, yeah, this thing's probably not the safest. Big giant empty patches that look up into the sky. Well, they always had the thing. It's so funny because just the other day I was looking through there and, you know, they have the boards up with the peepholes through. When you look on the other side now, there's just big clumps of like broken concrete like, on the ground that had fallen from above, you know. It's like, it's... Yeah, that's not ideal. Oh, well. Probably for the best that they patch that one up and get it ready. They'll probably just put scaffolding in there for the summer just because they want to keep the people flow going. You know? Oh, yeah, man. And it, it is a good feeling you walk through that old casino. That's a good feeling at night. Walk on down there to Ocean Grove. It's a nice feeling. They got to fix that one up. But the detour is like a motherfucker. You're going to have to walk all the way yeah, up and around. Yeah, because I heard Ocean Grove locks the bridges at night. So you got to <laughs> go all the way up to Main Street. Oh, they don't, do they? It's true. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's I've what I was just reading. Recently, they... been over around two o'clock in the morning. Mm. Who knows? Maybe you did something illegal and you didn't even know it. Maybe I didn't even know I was jumping over chain fences, defending the ultra-religious tw- tent dwellers of Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Okay, we're trying to put this episode out a day early as a tribute to Mother's Day. Oh man, NJ moms, uh, Mike D, you prepared a small outline, and there's a sentence on there that I don't, I can't say, but you can say. Um, is there anything you want to mention about the macaroni that that line? Because I need you to explain what it is. So I I, I don't think there's. <clears throat> I'll be shocked if there's a person listening to this who is not familiar with the the New Jersey macaroni dumping incident. I would say more people have contacted us about this than nearly anything else that has occurred in the state of New Jersey. Literally the most we've been contacted. Yeah, I, you know we were all chatting about this, and I was thinking about it a little bit, and. It seems very strange, but then it struck me as... That was really strange, right? That's strange. I'm pretty sure that every single New Jersey mother has at least 500 pounds of dry macaroni stored in their gondine. So I think this is actually a very normal thing, and it was just a son who had to get rid of his mom's 500 pounds of macaroni. He cleaned out the gondine, dumped it in the woods, and it got wet and turned into a whole thing. But I bet if you surveyed... Every gondine in all of New Jersey, they would all be completely filled with dry boxes of macaroni. Now, I do want to check in with you about what a gondine is. A gondine? Yeah. It's like a, a, a basement, a little basement storage area for food, like an unfinished place in your basement. Like a root cellar. Store. Got it. Oh, yeah. Like, like, the, like the Italian version of a root cellar. Yeah. A gondine. I figured as much. But I figured rather than read that sentence and pretend, I'd have you read it and then double check. As Nick would know, a a gondine is also a great place where you could throw all the (laughs) bad report cards and progress reports (laughs) that you got in school and no one in your family would find them until you actually moved out of that house many years later. (laughs) (laughs) It is true. We kind of, you know, I, I had an extraordinarily busy week. We probably could have done an emergency episode, but the mystery of the pasta was solved rather quickly. So before we could get it together, it was already it had already come and gone. I was shocked by how many people cared about 500 pounds of pasta dumped in the woods of Old Bridge. It's certainly a strange story. It certainly feels very New Jersey. Our text thread, we were tossing around theories. I know that I had put out there that maybe the <laughs> you know that infamous Bergen County train accident that where that train in the 80s flew through the wall of a macaroni factory. Maybe the macaroni's just been whipping around in the sky and it finally all just landed recently. <laughs> that was my theory. It took a while, but finally made it. I, there was another suggestion that it was the flying spaghetti monster. He'd finally fallen from the heavens, mm-hmm. and that was where he ended up. There were a lot of rumors flying around that maybe Heirloom Kitchen had a bad batch. That uh, oh, Old Bridge's own Heirloom said this... This pasta is not up to our impeccable standards, and they dumped it in the woods. Also, I have to say, when we uh, we put out the Heirloom Kitchen episode that me and Don were talking about them, and I talked about my experience there, I got to tell you, they heard it, they reached out, they're so nice there at Heirloom Kitchen, and they certainly do not need my help, but man, they were nice people. Did you get a free meal out of it? This is what we need to know. I didn't get anything free out of it. I've never gotten anything free out of this show. No, I did. Actually, the guys from Grit Grit Refinery. Grit Refinery is the one sponsor. I mean, we've only had, I think, two sponsors, maybe three sponsors. And uh, Grit Refinery gave me a nice concrete box. Just think of all the exposure we can give your business. Oh, yeah. Me alone. Give me some stickers and your business name, and I'll go out there. and. You personally will walk the boardwalk. I will personally. It's true. So when you guys think about moms in New Jersey, is there such a thing as an NJ mom? 
there's such a thing as a Jersey mom. There's phrases out there. There's Jersey girl. Uh, and maybe there's some iteration of that when Jersey girls become moms. But uh, I do have, I do have some theories in my head of behaviors. That's classic Jersey mom behavior. Yes. Sports mom. Hmm. Almost worse than sports dad of, uh, as the Jersey mom, like my mother was like a fucking crazy, like, and my mom was like pretty normal. Most of my sporting career growing up, but like when it came to like football in high school, the mothers were like the worst people because they were just like fucking vicious. Mm -hmm. So there's sports mom, just like sports dad. That's kind of one category, but no, I think it's like, you know, I don't know. Every mother's different, but there are, there are core Jersey values. Like you will get hit in public. Get in the back of your head hit in public, <laughs> for sure. I also was thinking about when I saw the question posed, I said, I feel like every Jersey mom at some point, you will watch them win an argument, generally with a man who is physically larger than them, without saying a word. Do you guys know what I mean? Yes. This feeling of just seeing a Jersey mom go into Jersey mom mode, and you just see some guy who's been an asshole up until now, just like you can just see him look at her, and she doesn't even say anything, and just see him go, "This isn't fucking worth it," and walk away from a fight. Like that—that that is something I remember my mom. That's like a terrible shame. Have, have you ever opened your mouth inappropriately like around like somebody's like, or like a mother with like young children, and then you catch it, and you see the mother look at you, and it's like, oh my gosh, like I feel like my mother, like yeah. that's I know that look. I've had that happen. Because you guys can speak to... It's funny. We've talked about my dad a lot on the show. And I mean, Nick, you, you've you know talked about meeting him the first time and him rising out of his armchair to give you a man handshake <laughs> to try to intimidate you. My dad was a large man, but we haven't talked about my mom as much. My mom, who is probably five foot one and like super quiet, who I've seen her walk through the down the hill neighborhood... And just making eye contact with someone, that person has turned and, and fled. My tiny little mom. So I've seen that side of things. We've seen all, we've, we've, I don't know if you've ever seen my mother losing her shit, but I've seen Mike's mom lose her shit. Like, you know, we were constantly, I was either, I was at the focus of a lot of physical abuse from other people's mothers, like inadvertently sometimes, because I frustrated them or was told that I did something I didn't do. But that's how we rolled with like our Jersey mom set. Like they were kind of very physical, like, you know, assertive. I would put this out here. An another aspect, especially of a North Jersey mom, South Jersey where things are spread out, maybe not. They're probably even worse. There's another weird thing that I would say has a Jersey mom quality, which is finding out in a moment of duress that your mom knows somebody you didn't previously knew she <laughs> knew. You know what I mean? You're like, oh shit. Like you're in some shit and it's tangled up with a bunch of people and your mom is like, wait, what's going on? And then in the course of it, all of a sudden she's like, I know that kid's fucking uncle. Let me get on the phone and we'll solve this right now. Or like the I dreaded would, phone call. Right, his dad, his dad used to swim at the same YMCA where my brother was a lifeguard. I'll call him right now. Like a mom who can go into action via these weird social connections that you never knew existed until it was go time. Shh. I feel like that's a Jersey mom quality right there. I think you can extend that too. that <clears throat> Jersey moms all seem to have an incredibly dense network of like <laughs> specialized doctors. <laughs> like if you ever in front of anyone's mother mentioned that you might be having like, oh, I got, you know, I, I, I got this pain in my knee or, Oh, I got this weird like rash. I should probably get this taken care of within 45 seconds. You will be on the phone directly with the doctor, not their nurse, not, not <laughs> someone at the reception desk with the doctor for the same reason. Oh, I went to high school with his brother or, Oh, his brother was our priest. That's a big one too. Dr. Small would be on the phone with, with him at two o'clock in the morning, sitting in his underwear in bed, telling you what to do. <laughs> R.I.P. Dr. Leon Small, the West Orange Town doctor who's touched all of our testicles <laughs> and our hearts. He's touched our hearts and our testicles many times. His name was Small, but his heart was huge. And his hands were cold. <laughs> Always. Yeah, ice cold hands, that man. Cough. <clears throat> Cough. Cough. That's my impression of Dr. Leon Small. Okay, Mr. Gethard. He was not my doctor. Really? Yeah, because remember, I didn't. I did not grow up in West Orange. You grew. I mean, you came in late. Yeah, you were probably past pedi pediatrician age by the time. Yeah, you got I'm there. sure that he's passed on now. But our, our doctor was Dr. Rudolph Messina, 
who once caught my brother mimicking him because he was bald and flew into a rage, which I don't think pediatricians are supposed to do. For real? He did. (laughs) I think another thing is a, a, a very Jersey mom trait is you are everyone's mother no oh. matter what the situation is you cannot like shift out of oh, this yeah. mode like you are you are unafraid to hit neighborhood children that are not your own just as on the opposite end of that you are happy to feed every single person whether or not they are your child regardless of age so i think it works both ways definitely Mike, I think your mom might be one of the champion moms in that regard. I can go years without seeing your mom, and the second I see her, she's asking me if I'm hungry. She's telling me to sit down. She's telling me, what do you need? Like Your, your mom is one of the ultimate nurture-every-kid as a rule, moms. Yeah, until she was coming home and she had to make dinner and the whole fridge was cleaned out by like her son's friends. <laughs> and she wasn't asking if you were hungry. She was telling you that you were hungry. And that oh, yeah. food was going to be oh, put yeah. out. Sit down, you had to eat. Oh, yeah. Um, here's another thing that I think is very Jersey. Is moms who demonstrate their love by driving on highways, they are verbally mad about a favorite phrase is always like don't tell your mother i said those words and i always respond don't worry my mom says them too that's the kind of thing that would happen like son of a bitch like you know i'm talking about stuff like my mom going like a new toy coming out or a new nintendo game and me being like i gotta get it it just came out i gotta get it and my mom being like are we really are you, and it's only at toys r us i gotta drive on route 10 <laughs> you tell me i gotta drive on route 10 okay and taking me up there and go and like her being mad the whole time and tense the whole time but me also understanding that her driving through the livingston circle and up route 10 was in fact a demonstration of love even though she was expressing fear and anger about it did she ever did you ever have a big argument with your mom and she was like i can't believe this chris i drove on route 10 for you and that was like the ultimate twist of the knife I feel like I I usually was let know those things when it was happening. Usually, usually, you know, usually those would be trips reserved for my dad. So if she was ever out there, it would be like, I can't believe I'm doing this shit for you. There would always be something tied to that ride. Like I would be cleaning the gutters the next day or, or something like that. That's what that would usually end in manual, hard manual labor for Nick. It, it was very interesting for me because my mom's Jersey mothering, there was the... You know, I think all moms who rule a little bit through intimidation, but then also the respect, there's a very Jersey respect when someone else figures out the hustle, right? If you got the hustle going and someone figures out the hustle, you might be bummed, but you do respect it. Because I do remember a time I was in, I must have been a senior in high school, and I was hanging out with Mike D's brother, Fran, and we had become obsessed with this video game that was like, you know... NBA Jam was the famous one, but then there were many generations of... There's NBA Showtime, I think, was the one we were very obsessed with for the N64, where we had a team that we were playing with where I was a wolf and Fran was like a a grown man with a baby head, and we were uh, playing this basketball game. One time I was at your house. This was after your folks had moved to Cedar Grove, Mike, uh, the first place up behind Time Warp. And I was there, and me and Fran were just obsessively playing this game, and I looked down and it was like 2.30 in the morning. <laughs> and uh, immediately I was just like, oh, whoa, we lost track of time. Bad, you know? And finished up the game, got out of there, drove back to Fairfield where my folks were living at the time. And I remember as I parked the car, the light came on from inside. <gasps> it wasn't a motion detector. And I'm oh. like, oh, man, she's awake, you know? And my little tiny mom opened the door and stepped out onto the front porch area and she had her arms folded and she was like staring me down like daggers, you know, like ice grilling me hard. And I walked up and I'm like, sorry, I was playing video games. I lost track of time. And she goes, do you have any idea what time it is? And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm really sorry about that. And I just looked at her and I was like, wait, what's really going to happen though? She was like, what? (laughs) And I was like, like, I know you're upset, but nothing ever really happens. Oh, great. I'm like, sorry I upset you, but what's really going to happen? And I swear, she looks right at me and she goes, well, you finally figured it out. And she just went to bed. And then I went to bed 
And she respected the hustle. I think that's a Jersey mom. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Like, I think I came at it with the apology and I was like, I know I fucked up. And she could see that I wasn't drunk driving or I wasn't high or anything. I was like, I I was worried about, you know, playing video games, lost track of time. Sorry. Really what's going to happen here. And she, I never, I don't think I ever had a curfew after that. I don't think there was a lot of stuff that instantly I stopped getting yelled at about that. It was purely because my mom realized I called her bluff for the first time in my life and there was like a big portion of her parenting that was just the intimidation but no actual action behind or it. Maybe she respected that I figured it out. Maybe it was pity where she she was concerned that the first time she busted you coming home at 2:30 in the morning you really were playing video games. I know. It would have been uh, yeah, she probably would have been much prouder of me if I came home stinking of booze or had been out with out with somebody all night but Unfortunately, it was me pretending to be a wolf shooting threes while your brother picked up rebounds as a, guy, a character named Doughboy. <laughs> that does bring up, though, another very Jersey mom trait, which is an ability. This is related to hustles, the ability to navigate the New Jersey gray and black markets for things. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I have very clear memories. As a kid, there was there was a regular set of three or four places that we would go where my mom would buy things that fell off a truck. And one of them was a it was sort of the the front room of this guy's house in Belleville that was converted to a store that was filled with boxes and you're you know bootleg purses, bootleg Atari games, everything in there. And there were three or four, like a little circuit of those places. That, that she would go through. And they definitely weren't stores. You kind of had to know somebody who knew somebody and, you know, you could get to go and shop and buy all this illegal or slightly illegal or poor quality merchandise for low prices. That was a big thing. That's fantastic. I have a version of that. It's not a gray market, but it's a hustle. And it's actually, a, it's a memory that I hold really, really close. And I sometimes get choked up talking about it. So if I do, well, I'll just deal with it. But I remember... So when I, uh, when I was really little, I lived on a street in West Orange called Franklin Ave, which is right across from Washington Street School, which Mike and Nick can vouch for. That's like down the hill, down the hill. That is like unquestionably... Below sea level. <laughs> that is down the hill. Nobody would debate that if you know town. And uh, this was, you know, this was the house where my father, you know... I think I've told the story on the show and the kids kicked in our front door and my father camped out on the front porch waiting for them to do it again and chased him into a park and almost got arrested. Like neighborhood was a little rough around the edges and my parents did not have two dimes to rub together back then. And, uh, I had this memory from when I was real little that my older brother had a birthday party in our backyard and there were all these carnival games set up. Oh, and I was really little. We moved out of that house when I was five. So it's a very early memory. And I knew, even when I had remembered that when I was a little older, I was like, I just had this distinct memory. There were these like real carnival games set up. And I'm sure I was little and I'm remembering them as being bigger than they were, but I still remember it. And I asked my mom about it. And she told me, uh, she was like, you remember that? You were so tiny. <gasps> and she told me she got those games um, we went to preschool at a place called the Community House, oh. which you guys know is right across from where the A&P used to yeah. be, where that pharmacy is now, right next to the Edison factories. And uh, she was picking one of us up one day and saw that they had had all these things in storage and they were throwing out all these old garbage, uh, all these old carnival games. She went and asked them, like, hey, is that stuff garbage? And they said, yeah, and she just took it all. Wow. And I always respect my mom's hustle on that because... I'm like, I have this memory that my backyard got turned into this carnival. And it's this memory that I hold so near and dear to my heart. And that was my mom being like, wait, you're throwing that stuff out? I'll throw it out. And I'll throw it out next week. But in the meantime, I'll take all that garbage and like turn it into something. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, uh, I tell you, I think about that one a lot. I think about that one a lot. Moms are the best. That's a Jersey mom move though right there. Oh. Bringing a bringing the hustle right to your backyard with a hustle. Yeah, just you know, back then there was no world in which we were gonna like rent a bunch of carnival setup game. You know, like that was not a thing. 
That was not feasible, but she found a way, and it was pretty magical. I still remember it. Like 40 years later, I, can, I still have that memory. I have a related memory when I was very young. Um, <clears throat> someone, someone in my family married, I think, one of the Flying Walendas. Like the, <laughs> what? Yeah, the trapeze family. Yes. And the hell are you talking about? This is this this actually happened, and um, and and so my mom basically arranged it so that we could go to the circus that they were performing at. And I remember we got to jump on the on the big nets and the trampolines and and spend a day in sort of the behind the circus carnival world which as a kid was very very cool that's wild that's awesome that's wild yeah i wonder i i one other thing i remember about that is the the person in our family who married one of the walendas <laughs> my mom had told me for their wedding present that whole like walenda side of the family chipped in and bought them a scrambler like the carnival ride oh, that was, was their like, wedding present wow. so that they could like make, make money. extra money when they traveled with the circus yeah like right they, you know like everyone had their own rides and that was your extra money that's and like so that was their, your, their, their wedding bread present. and butter right so when you marry into the flying walendas you just you're now you're a flying walenda right you're part of that life yeah we give you a cotton candy machine yeah you get your own <laughs> and a helium tank and traveled around and i i don't think that marriage lasted very long from what i remember i guess the hard carnival road life just didn't. they flew too close to the sun yeah like flying walendas are prone to do <laughs> they flew too close to the scrambler <laughs> My mom also. My mom had some bad luck stories. Dude, my mom was just reminding me of a story that she once took us when we were real little. Took us to see a magician do a magic show at the Paper Mill Playhouse in Milburn. And um, the magician had his son as his assistant. And the son accidentally stepped into the orchestra pit and fell down (laughs) and they had to stop the show. And the ambulance had to come and the EMTs had to run in and remove this child. And we just like watched it all. That's right. That's like the best magic trip ever. just watched it all. There was that. There was the ground round incident that I talked about with my brother with the clown having the heart attack. Oh my God. There's a lot of bad luck shit happening too back then. The ground round. My mom taking it on the chin. I'm never going to a magic show uh, with your mom. (laughs) No, you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. I'm going to, I'm going to avoid, avoid this from here on out. Um, I love it. There's also bonding moments that relate back to something I said before. I just remembered another one. The thing when you realize that your mom knows people that you didn't realize she was connected to, there was a teacher at our high school who was, and there were a few teachers like this in West Orange. You guys might even be able to guess in the private chat. He was a very charming guy who, looking back on it, was a little too into wanting the kids to think he was cool. Like he was trying to be like an alpha energy as a high school teacher, which as a grown up, I, uh, I don't respect. But back then you just kind of like, Oh, I guess that guy's the man. And he once, God, I wish I knew. I once got in trouble. This guy was mad at me about something and he's giving me a hard time. And I told my mom about it. Cause I thought I was going to get a call home and she's like, let him call home. She's like, I went to the valley with him. He thought he was a hot shot then. He thinks he's a hot shot now. He was never a hot shot. Oh, he's trying to throw his weight around. Why? Who is he? What does he do? I was like, yeah, that's good. Telling it like it is. I'll drop a... I'll drop who it was in the chat, and you guys will immediately be like, "Yup." Oh my god! And you gosh. can imagine my little tiny mom talking shit about this guy. Yeah, but that's there it is. Oh, in the private chat. Yeah, what a douchebag! Right? What a douchebag! Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, everybody that thinks he was just so married, fucking that other despicable you, fucking human being. <laughs> Sorry, every, you, I really need sixteen-year-olds to think I'm cool and charming. That was that teacher. Jerk deal. off! What an asshole! What was that you said though about him marrying somebody? Wow, well, he was like married to another teacher in our school and that person was equally as terrible of a human being oh yeah i knew who she was yeah, too exactly. although she had a strange allure about her that i cannot deny. yeah well you know what <laughs> i'm gonna put that name in the chat too <laughs> i don't even sure think you need to but i think we're talking about the same person i just want to make sure right that's who it was in the chat indeed oh yeah yeah oh. they got together i thought it was uh uh, no, 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 no. Oh, I'll put the other look, one. She okay. did have. She was a handful, but she did have a strange allure that I cannot. Deny. I didn't have her, so I never had that experience. Oh, I had her two years. She liked to be one of them. By the end, she was real tired of dealing with me in my mouth. Ugh. The shit I had to say. Um, 
I think this has been a pretty good loving tribute to Jersey mothering. And, and certainly none of us are moms, obviously, but I think we all have great respect for the moms in our lives. And uh, I was thinking, too, who, who are some of the archetypal Jersey moms, both real and fictional. And the, of course, the first one that came to my mind is Carmela Soprano. Oh, yeah, Instantly. definitely. I have to say... That show is obviously an amazing show, no matter what. Yeah. And there's some portrayals of characters in there that ring true. But I do watch that show, and, and quite often I go, I don't understand how people not from Essex County get full enjoyment out of it. There's so many references and locations that are just places we grew up with. So many things. Like... Just the idea that the, te- the the cop who pulls him over that's played by Charles Dutton and gives him a hard time is a Cedar Grove cop. It's just, you're like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, it's great. Everyone knew the Cedar Grove cops were the ones that were the quickest to pull you over. Just, you know, the, the f- references to New Dutch Lane and... The, you know, finding fi- him bringing Christopher to find that drunk cop off duty at the Hooters and Clifton. It's like <laughs> everything about it's perfect, you know, but... If there's one performance in there where I go, this might as well be documentary footage of people I grew up with, it is Edie Falco as Carmela Soprano. That is borderline not even... It's like, yeah. It's it's, it, it, that is perfect. where that show crosses over from fiction to just reality. That's a real mom, like many that we all grew up with, is that woman. Every like facial expression she would make, like you're like, Ugh. I think between the amazing dialogue, but also how great of an actor Edie Falco is between those two things. It does feel like every single person's mother that, that I grew up with, like no difference, even the way she treats the priest. Oh yeah. Like that whole thing. Like, Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Jersey moms and priests. There's like a certain otherworldly respect to them to that relationship. But there's also quiet opinions there too. And that shows up in that show. And it reminds me, because I think I've mentioned this on the show. There was a priest from Our Lady of Lords of my era. There were three or four priests that did the services back then. And Father Marshan was the one that we all were kind of scared of because he was, he was crotchety. And then there's Father Quinlan, and you always wanted to try to go to his services because they were like 12 minutes long. He was about <laughs> 98 years old. And it would just be, you know, body of Christ, blah, 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 peace be with you, amen, that, 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 that. And you're out of there. And then there was this other guy, Father Hansen. And you could look it up. He, after he died, his name showed up on one of those lists of priests who did bad things. And it was really, really shocking when I saw it. Uh. And uh, I remember when I told my mom about it, she was like, you know, she, there was no world where she, where she would have ever disrespected a priest. But when she heard about that, she was like, well, I'm not surprised with him always going around with, like trying to be Mr. Smooth and Charming. Like she imme- I was like, oh, so that was all in there. Okay. Okay. He was on the list of priests that used to cut the tags off of new mattresses. Yeah, that was his. No, he was, he was apparently used to take kids down the shore and uh, get, oh, get them drunk. Jesus Christ. Take kids down the shore and get them drunk. This is a guy who lived in my neighborhood. Even if it's like, I think back, I go, even outside of being Catholic and going to that church, he just lived in the neighborhood and was doing that to kids. It's crazy. But when I remember my mom, but like you said, Mike, all those layers of rela- like the relationship with priests and Catholicism and all that really... A lot. A number of years ago, uh, I went to, my brother and I went to, to Italy with my mom. And, you know, we're doing the whole thing. And so, of course, we, we go to the Vatican and my mom insists that we go on Sunday so that we can see, you know, in in St. Peter's Square, you know, there's the where the Pope yeah, lives. The Pope. And there's a, a small window. And on Sundays at a certain time, like, he comes out and he waves to everyone and you know, he says a few words in like 20 different languages. And, uh, this was the, the previous Pope, Joey rats. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what everyone called him. That got me good. That's him. Joey rats. He comes out the window with the little curtain and he starts waving. And my mom immediately bursts into hysterical tears. Oh man, man. Like just immediately, goes like completely you know is like hysterically crying from seeing the pope i think that's like a very it's a vatican syndrome yeah it's like jerusalem it's like jerusalem syndrome. yeah real manifestation of that wild times but i do think i mean i don't even know if there's anyone else in the conversation 
as far as having portrayed Jersey moms, no one can hold a candle to Edie Falco. I don't think there's anybody who could even come close. No, I'm struggling to find other ones, which is sad that we've only got one one good example. She shines really bright in that sphere, and uh, it's one of the best. It's one of those things where you go, man, she is regarded far and wide, well beyond the borders of New Jersey for that portrayal, but it's only people from Jersey, let alone North Jersey, let alone Essex County, who understand <laughs> That she truly, it is one of the most phenomenal. Because when you hear her give interviews in real life, she's not Carmela Soprano. She's Edie Falco. Or any of her other dramatic roles like in Oz or anything All else. Yeah, you're like, she's a versatile actor. <laughs> so the depth to which she cut to nail, I mean, every inflection from calling Tony horrible. I mean, I point to her. When people try to make fun of the Jersey accent, I'm like, if you're going to make fun of the accent, at least make fun of the real accent, which is Carmela Soprano. That's the Jersey accent I grew up around. Everything's horrible, Tony. You know, that type of thing. Um, she's just incredible. Just Also, just ruling through fear. The quiet sigh. The... <laughs> just all every aspect of that character i go i can name four moms on my block that it feels like she hung out with for character research my mom uh, your mom's right in the mix your mom's right in the mix your mom does have a carmelo uh, she has a carmela uh, energy in a big way not carmelo who is of course carmelo anthony the basketball player carmela energy this is a i can't confirm that this Great mom is from New Jersey, but if not, I think we can just assume she is Mama Fratelli from the Goonies. I oh, feel like oh my God. Big Jersey mom energy. Pre- big Jersey mom energy right Previous, there. you know, one or two generations back, but definitely complete Jersey mom energy. Anything to defend her sons, including helping them in criminal capers, but also one of the bad traits of New Jersey moms is taking shame very personally. Uh, and so she had so much shame from her son, Chunk, that in order to like save him and herself embarrassment, she chained him up in a basement, which also feels like a very Jersey mom thing that could happen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know who I think the least Jersey mom in pop culture history is? Bambi's mom. Oh. Bambi's mom is so not Jersey. You just get taken out like that. There's no way. Jersey moms don't get taken out like that. Jersey, right? And then it's very sad. You have to see baby reconcile the fact that the mom is gone. It's not Jersey at all. If a Jersey deer was going to get taken out, it's not by a hunter. You're going to be like getting hit, uh, you know, on, on the side of Route 202 or something like that at worst. But Bambi's mom, probably the least Jersey mom in pop culture. Well, the, what you don't see in the movie is that Bambi's mom gave that hunter a tick and several years later died horribly of Lyme's disease. So she got her jersey revenge. There you go. As it should be. As it should be, yeah. Finding that way. Finding that. Is Rhea Perlman from New Jersey? Great question. Let's look it up. Why does that sound like she... Or maybe it's just the association with the... With DeVito. Danny DeVito, who is very from New Jersey. But Yeah. Let's see where she grew up. Because Edith Bunker has some Jersey vibes, but that show was set in Queens, I believe. But she has some Jersey mom vibes. Let's see. Early life. Now, uh, Rhea Perlman's from Coney Island. Oh. So pretty close. She born in Coney Island, grew up in Bensonhurst. Well, spiritually related if she was living in Bensonhurst. Yeah, so close. So close. That's so insane that her and Danny DeVito got divorced. They're divorced? I didn't know that. I had, they got divorced six years ago, yeah. Oh, that's had, a long time. No but idea. they still like... Um, Hey, you know, listen, you're with somebody a long time, man. It's a long time. Sure, sure. I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, hey, listen. No, I get it. I get it. It's just a bummer. That's a real match made in heaven right there. Maybe they still have nice holidays together. You don't know. I have no idea. No idea. I'm not, I'm not trying to push any buttons here. I'm not judging. I think one thing is clear. We've made this Mother's Day episode as a tribute to the tough-talking, <laughs> no-nonsense shit talking moms that we grew up with um i'm very interested to see because you know my wife did not grow up in jersey but i've got her living here now i've convinced her to come here 
both the, my love of the place as well as the fact that her brother lives here with his kids meant that it was the place for us to go. But I sit here, I go, man, Hallie has many years. I think she's developing into a Jersey mom as we speak. That fierce, that fierce energy is coming out. And I don't know if a Jersey transplant can be the same, but some of those qualities are rubbing off and I'm very happy about it. Next time I come over there, I want to see her on the front yard yelling at the other kids across the street because they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. Oh yeah. My, I think it's coming. She's got it. Do you guys ever, I once got yelled at by a mom who lived across the street from me and I, I grew up on a dead end where almost every house had kids on it. So everybody was yelling at each other's kids all the time. And there was a woman across the street. I was once climbing a tree and she yelled at me. And then I later came to find out that she had a real drinking problem. Cause I was like, why'd I get, I remember I went home and I was like, she yelled at me. I climbed that tree all the time. Why? And my mom's like, you got to respect her. Just get out of the tree. If it's bothering her, you don't talk back. And then years later, my mom was like, she had a pretty severe alcohol problem. And I'm pretty sure she was just like wasted drunk at 11 in the morning, but I couldn't, I couldn't disrespect another adult in front of you, but <laughs> pretty sure that one wasn't your fault, bud. Some of that. Well, there was a woman who lived behind my grandmother, Mrs. Nardley. And uh, Mrs. Nardley was like my, my, my childhood enemy because she was, you know, <laughs> at the time, I thought she was about 190. She was probably like 45. <laughs> but she would spend all day sitting in this little window. And so everything <laughs> bad that I wanted to do, she would see, you know, if I was making like mud behind the shed or if my brother and I were, you know, we were taking caps and hitting them with rocks to watch them explode, whatever it was, she would yell out the window like, Coochie, which is like my grandmother's name in Italian. And, you know, and she would get me in trouble. And she just was like the constant eye on the neighborhood, you know, Mrs. Nardley. I love that. I love that. They should put a plaque on that window. Another place I'm going to install a plaque. Yeah, you so could probably just do that. So on someone else's house. <laughs> we could definitely. Mrs. Nardley is a great name for an enemy lady, too. Yeah, and if I wish I could. It, and if you picture her, to, yeah, she, she looked like a an old, scary, widowed Italian lady who spent all day, like she was part of that window. Our version of the... And now, actually, when I think about it as an adult, I'm like, this was just sad. And she was just like a lonely woman with no one to talk to and nothing to do. And I was like tormenting the living shit out of her as a five-year-old. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Good old neighborhood watch. Any closing thoughts on neighborhood Jersey moms, gentlemen? Any, any good old Jersey moms, any closing thoughts? Much love to uh, all of our moms and the moms in our lives. A big uh, a big pouring of love out to my poor mother for putting up with me for so long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I was saying, my mom had to put up thanks, with. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate it. Even after Dad hung up the phone when I was locked up in County in West Virginia, you answered when I called back and you bailed me out. That's that's true love. That's mother's love. <laughs> I'd like to thank both of your moms for being so tolerant of me because the amount of, of stress, the amount of near strokes that I probably have given both your, your mothers over the last uh, 40 years is very There's high. Uh, yeah, I mean, your name still does come up and my mom still does react in a high school. I'm like, it is funny because sometimes... I'll be like, yeah, I'm doing the podcast with, you know, Oh no. Nikki Franco said Mike oh, D. Great. And I'll see, <laughs> but I'll see my, when, when she hears Mike D, I'm like, there's still a mama bear reaction. Cause you were the ringleader as we've all talked about. You were notorious, the ringleader. There's a, uh, some stuff. And I'm like, mom, we're in our forties now. We all have kids. <laughs> I hang out with Mike all the time. Uh. Everything's, everybody turned out great. <laughs> He's actually been there for me probably more than any other friend in my life. And she's still like, I don't know. You always used to get in trouble hanging out with him. Oh, yeah. I think that it had to have been the incident with your your mom's car being destroyed. Oh, my God. That, that pushed, yeah, that didn't, that pushed, that yeah, didn't that's like the do you any favors, whatever. that one. <laughs> didn't do you any favors. It's <laughs> the best. Um, I want to say thank you to my mom. Uh, for being a, a tiny little ball of energy that helped me survive down the hill and all its mayhem because she was a down the hill survivor. So uh, I think she 
there were some things that I think she wishes she could go back and change. But at the end of the day, she was from the same neighborhood and she taught me how to navigate the neighborhood. And it's probably a good thing that I learned how to stand up for myself. That's another Jersey mom thing, right? Like no matter how tender your mom is, there will be some point at which you come home crying and she just goes, go back out there and go deal with it. (laughs) Yep. Shuts that door and don't come back home until you did deal with it. And I had a couple of those moments with her as well. And I, they actually served me well, even if it felt a little harsh in the moment, but she always, she was a real mom and bear who protected us and uh, who taught us how to protect ourselves too. I definitely heard the phrase, uh, quite a bit from my mom growing up. Well then just hit him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just solid advice. Yeah. Goes a long way. No, I mean, I have to Goes thank, I have, to, I have to sincerely thank my mom for giving me actual New Jersey culture. And I, I oh, yeah. feel bad for people who grew up and like did not have any kind of culture passed on to them. Yeah. You know? Places to go, where you speak, the music you listen to, all that stuff. 100%. 100%. Much love to all the moms. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Kopp, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973-780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the World.